Gracious and holy God, startle us with your truth, your love, and your hope. We ask the presence of your spirit upon us and that you would remind us that we belong to you. In this hour, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We're living in a season when racism appears in the news and in front of you in all kinds of ways every single day. With protests and rallies, uh, political conventions, and luckily grassroots conversations reminding us that the work of justice is not over. I have not spoke about race in a sermon since uh, back in July, and at that point, your church's session made a commitment that we would keep thinking about racial justice work and that we would come back to you in September with more to talk about, and that time is coming upon us. Back in July, following nine listening sessions with members of our congregation, the session approved a set of guiding principles that would govern our continued work on racial justice in the life of Knox Church. The session asked its racial justice task force to share those guiding principles with diverse friends of Knox who could help us to turn those principles into concrete next steps. We talked to our good friends from Third Presbyterian Church in East Westwood. We also shared conversation with Paul Roberts, the president of the only historically black seminary in our denomination. We talked with Daniel Hughes, a Methodist pastor in Price Hill, who is a key leader in racial justice ministries in our city. We talked with Denise Anderson, who leads the Office of Racial and Intercultural Justice for the Presbyterian Church USA. And we talked with Siobhan Starling-Lewis, a pastor and friend of Knox, who was the first woman of color to preach in our pulpit back in 2019. Following those conversations, we brought some reflections back to the session. That conversation took place just this week. In the weeks to come, you will get a full report on that work from the session. Today in worship, as we continue our study of the Sermon on the Mount, I'm going to provide some theological reflection on Jesus' closing words in that sermon. His words speak clearly to some of the chief themes we heard in those conversations about race with our partners. I hope that you will hear something hopeful in these reflections. While we are being challenged to stretch ourselves and grow as Christian people, this renewed emphasis on racial justice in our congregation is consistent with our history. There are good intentions and faithful actions that have been a part of Knox Church for a long time, and we are now in a season that is ripe for us to take our next steps. So, some reflections on the closing illustrations in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 7, as Jesus brings his greatest sermon to a close, he uses a metaphor about building your house on a rock. And I invite you to pay attention to these metaphors, these three metaphors I'm going to mention, because that will be the substance of our conversation following the sermon. So Jesus uses a metaphor uh, about building a house on a rock. 
And he says that when you want to do something meaningful, don't start with your foundation on sand that shifts and sinks and provides no support. Build it on a rock where it can stand and be supported. The rock upon which good racial justice work is founded is relationships. Every one of our conversation partners talked about the importance of relationships as the foundation of racial justice work. It matters little, they said, if you make some grand financial gesture if there is no relationship connected with it. Think about it. Very rarely are people convinced to invest in racial justice work or anything else because of something that they hear on the news or read in a book or because they are lectured about it in a sermon. Strange or um, change comes from sharing friendships with people who are different from us and getting to know their lives and their struggles and their stories. Building relationships with people whose lives have been different from our own is what leads to change. The same wisdom applies to those in our congregation who may not be so sure about this emphasis on racial justice. The session cares about your perspective and wants you on this journey. It makes precious little difference to the welfare of our fractured communities in these days if our church cannot have room for difference and tolerate disagreement. We have an obligation to be prophets in the face of injustice, and we have an obligation to respect the diversity of our congregation and to do this work together. In the days to come, you can expect that racial justice ministries at Knox will emphasize relationships. We'll be finding plenty of ways from informal gatherings to more structured experiences and from worship to service opportunities to make our church a place where we can connect with people whose experiences are different from our own so that we can grow in our understanding of the beautiful diversity of God's creation. Another part of the Matthew passage that spoke to me was Jesus' comment in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. In my Bible, above those verses, there is a heading, and it says, Concerning Self-Deception. Concerning Self-Deception. That's what these words are about. Jesus was speaking truth to a group of people who wanted to be good. They thought they were good, and they probably weren't bad. They were trying to do the right things, but they had not thought much about what was at the root, at the real heart, the core of Jesus' teaching. They had not really searched their hearts for the truth in what Jesus had to say. Part of what we have been encouraged to do in our racial justice work as a church is to talk about the truths that are hidden in our long-standing ministries. We do faithful work with homeless families and with children who are hungry. 
We've been invited to keep doing these things and to dig deeper and look at the root problems that lie beneath these existing needs. If you're a volunteer with IHN, our homelessness ministry, if you've ever packed food bags for childhood food solutions to help hungry children, have we as a church ever challenged you to think about why most of the children and families served by these ministries are black or brown, while most of the more affluent volunteers are white? There must be a history here an explanation about laws and policies that have benefited white people at the expense of people of color. That's what we keep referring to as structural racism. I know that some members of our church have expressed some concern that in our more recent focus on racial justice, we may crowd out our long-standing commitments to other mission partners, IHN, Childhood Food Solutions a growing interest in the plight of immigrants and refugees. Will we forget these ministries? Will we neglect them? The reality is quite the opposite. Our new racial justice conversations do not need to compete with our existing ministries. In many ways, we are just going to try to get more honest and explicit about why these ministries have existed for so long. We're going to keep building relationships with our mission partners and try to understand the lives of the people they serve. We are not going to be satisfied to provide band-aids in the face of ongoing disparities, but we are going to strive to understand the root causes of why they exist. Jesus begins the last part of the Sermon on the Mount with a word about a tree and its fruit. Every good tree bears good fruit, he says, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. In another place, he uses a similar metaphor, cursing a fig tree that does not produce any fruit. Here in Matthew 7, the metaphor is about false prophets. You should believe the words of someone whose life bears good fruit, but question someone who seems to say good things, but has no actions that follow the words. Many of us can appreciate the frustration of a tree that produces no fruit. There are few things that I love this time of year more than fresh tomatoes from the garden. I eat them on everything. I am especially fond of a tomato sandwich with a little salt and pepper and mayo on a really good slice of bread. It's one of my favorite things to eat all year long. This summer, I planted my tomatoes a little bit late. By the time the heat of August came about, I had tall plants reaching up several feet in my garden and the fruit was just coming out. And now, as the weather cools in September, I've got vines full of green tomatoes that are not going to turn red. I go into the yard and I see those plants, all that work, all that abundance, all that show, no fruit. In some of my own more honest conversations with clergy friends who are people of color, I've been made aware that too often the white church has been a tree that produces no fruit when it comes to race. 
Can you imagine the frustration of being a person of color invited over and over again to speak to mostly white congregations about race? People who listen intently and ask good questions, and then nothing changes. Many of us are keen to be the good white people. So we say all of the right things and we desire to be included in diverse gatherings where people of color hear us make bold pronouncements about the evils of racism only to disappear when it's time to act. Often our commitments of time and money and energy do not follow our words. We walk away when it's time for commitment. The chief outcome of the recent presentation to session is that Knox will be creating a standing racial justice ministry. It will be open to any member of our community who wishes to participate to make sure that there are ongoing significant commitments to racial justice. These commitments will become a part of the fabric of our congregation for the long term with financial resources to support the work. The session unanim unanimously approved this recommendation. You should not expect that race is going to be the subject of every sermon I preach to this congregation. I haven't talked about it since July. But you also should not expect that I'm going to talk about it for the rest of this year and then abandon it for some other subject next year. Bearing fruit in the area of racial justice is not work for a single growing season. It is a problem more than 400 years old in our country, and it will take consistent, sustained commitment to make progress toward a better tomorrow. Beginning now and over time, we pray we will be a tree that produces good fruit. The good news, and one more repeated comment from our conversation partners, is that this work of racial justice should never become about shame. Nothing is accomplished by making white people feel bad about being white. The truth is that there is a richness to God's creation that is found in the great variety in which God has created us. God made us with different colors and textures, different cultures and traditions, made us to love one another and learn from one another. And we miss out on so much if we continue to separate ourselves from people who are different. You can expect to hear more in the next several weeks about the report that was received by our session and a formal invitation to join our new racial justice ministry if you feel so called. For now, I invite you into a time of discussion about Jesus' words to us in the Sermon on the Mount. What metaphor, what illustration struck a chord with you? Was it the encouragement to build your house on a rock? What relationship in your life that has been meaning what is a relationship in your life that has been meaningful when it comes to thinking about racism or justice? Think about important relationships for you. 
Maybe it was the caution against self-deception. How can we continue to have richer involvement in the mission commitments that Knox has been making for decades? Maybe it was the metaphor of the tree and its fruit. Especially during these very difficult times of pandemic, its limitations on movement, and the way it is exacerbating disparities that have been around for a long time. How can we act in favor of justice in these times? How in these days can we begin to be a tree that produces good fruit? Those are the questions for today. To God be the glory. Amen.